Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You do terrific work. And you can find out more by visiting the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Excuse me. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Bob Levy. He's the chairman emeritus of the Cato Institute. We'll be talking about uh, the Supreme Court cases that stand out during this term, especially affirmative action. We'll also visit with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. It is March the 22nd, and on this day in 1765, in an effort to raise funds to pay off debts and defend the vast new American territories won from the French in the Seven Years' War, the British government passed the Stamp Act. The legislation levied a direct tax on all materials printed for commercial and legal use in the colonies, from newspapers and pamphlets to playing cards and dice. Though the Stamp Act employed a strategy that was common fundraising vehicle in England, it stirred a storm of protest in the colonies. The colonists had recently been hit with three major taxes, the Sugar Act, which levied new taxes and duties on imports of textiles, wines, coffee, and sugar, the Currency Act, which caused a major decline in the value of the paper money used by the colonists, and the Quartering Act, which required colonists to provide food and lodging to British troops under certain circumstances. With the passing of the Stamp Act, the colonists' grumbling finally became articulated in a response to what they saw as the mother country's attempt to undermine their economic strength and independence. They raised the issue of taxation without representation and formed societies throughout the colonies to raise a rally against the British government and nobles who sought to exploit the colonies as a source of revenue and raw materials. By October of that year, nine of the 13 colonies sent representatives to the Stamp Act Congress, at which the colonists drafted the Declaration of Rights and Grievances, a document that railed against the autocratic policies of the mercantilist British Empire. Realizing that it actually cost more to enforce the Stamp Act in the protesting colonies than it did to abolish it, the British government repealed the tax the following year. The fracas over the Stamp Act, though, helped plant seeds for a far larger movement against the British government and eventual battle for independence. Most important of these was the formation of the Sons of Liberty, a group of tradesmen who led anti-British protests in Boston and other seaboard cities, and other groups of wealthy landowners who came together for the, across the colonies. Uh, well after the Stamp Act was repealed, the societies continued to meet in opposition to what they saw as the abusive policies of the British Empire. Out of the meetings, a growing national, nationalism emerged uh, that would culminate in the fighting of the American Revolution only a decade later. So interesting. Do you see parallels to what's going on right now? I certainly do. Uh, the nationalism of, uh, it almost feels like we're uh, some sort of a uh, colony uh, for the Democrat Party. Yeah, hey, congratulations to the uh, Japanese yesterday. They won the World uh, Baseball Classic Championship, the title, by 3-2. to two. Kind of edited in an interesting way. Both Otani, Shohei Otani, and Mike Trout play for the Angels. And Shohei and uh, Otani struck out Mike Trout in the, for the last out of the uh, game. 
that's the most watched baseball game in the history of television or baseball. Well, Matt Getz, he's a Republican of Florida, is being joined by five of the Republicans to halt any spending for the FBI's new headquarters set to be constructed outside of Washington, D.C. $375 million was dedicated for the new building, but Getz and other Republicans disagree that a new one should be constructed. There are good men and women in the FBI whose task and purpose is to defend our country, but the FBI's weaponized Washington field office is rotten to the core, said Getz. The bill is officially titled the FBI Washington Fieldhouse Arrest Act. It contains just two sections, only a half page long. Through our investigations in the Weaponization Subcommittee, we've uncovered extremely disturbing testimony from FBI whistleblowers that the Washington field office is targeting Americans who oppose their corrupt political agenda, he said. The legislation said the FBI has used its power to advance a political agenda and to crack down on Americans' First Amendment rights, said Getz. The FBI has colluded with private sector companies during elections to censor factual information harmful to preferred political candidates, it said. <clears throat> Legislatures listed out grievances and uh, criticisms of the Bureau in the legislation pointing to the instances like targeting parents critical of school board decisions and lambasting the notion that its new building would be larger than the Pentagon. A new headquarters would condone, reinforce, and enable the Washington Field Office of the Bureau of Investigation nefarious behavior. The cancer at the Washington Field Office has metastasized so large that the entire body is in critical condition. Gifting the FBI a new headquarters larger than the Pentagon would condone, reinforce, and enable their nefarious behavior to levels we have never seen before, said Getz. The former representative was joined by uh, the Florida representative was joined by Andy Biggs of Arizona and Dan Bishop of North Carolina, Poe Gosar of Arizona, and Marjorie Taylor Greene, of course, of Georgia, and Harriet Hageman of uh, Wyoming. Hope that goes through. Uh, would love to see the stop, put, a, put an end to building a new headquarters. And quite frankly, I think we should uh, take the two floors, the two top floors of the uh, FBI building right now and just get rid of all those folks. Well, as he faces potentially eminent indictment by George Soros-funded Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, former President Donald Trump released a campaign video statement unveiling a 10-point plan to dismantle the deep state. Now, this is what he's doing now. He's putting out more and more policy and uh, appealing to Americans and uh, their thoughtful consideration of what's happening around the country. He said, here's my plan to dismantle the deep state and reclaim our democracy from Washington corruption once and for all. And corruption it is, Trump vowed, taking down his 10-point proposals in his 2024 presidential campaign. This plan will also end the ongoing weaponization of the justice system that targets its political enemies simply because of their political or religious beliefs, the release said. I will shatter the deep state and restore government that is controlled by the people. So here's his 10 points. He says, I'll restore a 2020 executive order authorizing the president to fire rogue bureaucrats. Uh, he should, every president should have the right to surround himself with the people that he wants to carry out uh, his executive decisions. Uh, reform federal department and agencies and fire all of the corrupt actors in our national security and intelligence apparatus. Good idea to halt, uh, put an, uh, 
uh, stay on that uh, development of that building. Number three, reform FISA courts, ensuring the corruption is rooted out. Number four, Truth and Reconciliation Commission declassify and publish all documents on deep state spying, censorship, and abuses of power. Number five, crack down on government leakers who collude with the uh, media to create false narratives, pressing criminal charges when appropriate. Number six, decouple inspector general offices from the departments they oversee so they don't become protectors of the deep state. Number seven, independent audit system to continually monitor intelligence agencies that are not spying on our citizens or running disinformation campaigns against the American people. Great idea. Number eight, continue Trump administration efforts to move feds out of Washington, D.C. to drain the swamp up to 100,000 government positions could be moved out of Washington. I would suggest we move the Department of Homeland Security to El Paso, Texas. Uh, There's other great locations around the United States also. Uh, I suspect that would lead to a lot of resignations of people who would just prefer to stay in the comfort of Washington, D.C., Number nine, uh, federal ban employees from taking jobs at companies they deal with and regulate, such as Big Pharma. And number 10, push constitutional amendment for term limits on Congress. That's how I chatter the deep state and restore government that is controlled by the people, Trump said. Notably, the campaign release on the plan and video statement noted uh, on term limits, 94% of House members were reelected and not fallen below 80% of the past Half century, 100% of senators were re-elected in 2022, and it's not fallen below 75% since 1982. Also, government corruption was a point of emphasis in the plan. President Trump's plan targets the corruption that has plagued our federal government and harmed Americans, according to the campaign release. The Biden administration has weaponized the FBI and the DOJ to target conservatives, Christians, and their political enemies. A leaked and since withdrawn FBI memo recently revealed that FBI agents were likened, likening traditional Catholics to domestic terrorists. I'm not kidding. That really happened. Unbelievable. Bureaucrats from the FBI and DHS directly colluded with social media companies during the 2020 election to censor American speech. And during the Russian collusion hoax, government officials routinely selected leaked information to the media to further their uh, Trump narrative. So I think President Trump's got a great idea here, too, and I certainly would encourage more uh, ideas and thoughts expressed around new policy to get America back on track and make America great again. Well, Senator uh, Rand Paul, of course, the Republican from Kentucky, rebuked George Soros-funded Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg for a disgusting abuse of power Instead of indicting former President Donald Trump, Bragg should be held accountable and put in jail, Paul tweeted Tuesday. Paul's rebuke comes as many Republicans are backing Trump amid his calls, what he calls political prosecution and persecution. Trump and the Florida governor, uh, Ron DeSantis, have been issuing repeated warnings about the dangers of Soros-funded prosecutors working to curb the punishment of criminals while going about uh, after political opponents with uh, trumped-up attacks. The Manhattan district attorney is a Soros-funded prosecutor, so he, like other Soros-funded prosecutors, weaponized their office to impose a political agenda at the expense of the rule of law and public safety, DeSantis said Monday. He has downgraded over 50% of the felonies to misdemeanors. I'm not kidding, he really has. And he says he doesn't even want to have jail time for the vast majority of crime. 
So what we're seeing in Manhattan is the crime rate go up and citizens become less safe. If you have a prosecutor who is ignoring crimes happening every single day in the jurisdiction and he chooses to go back many, many years uh, to see to use something about porn star hush money payments, that's an example of using a political agenda and weaponizing the office. And I think that's fundamentally wrong. I also think it's worth pointing out that Soros-funded prosecutors, yes, they may do ty- type of political prosecution, and that's bad, but the real victims are ordinary New Yorkers and ordinary Americans in various jurisdictions that get victimized every day because of the reckless political agenda these Soros-funded prosecutors bring to the job. These Soros-funded district attorneys are a menace to society, said Rand Paul, and he's absolutely right. And by the way, uh, according to Fox News, Greg Jarrett, Soros-funded DA Alvin Bragg hid nearly 600 pages of exculpatory evidence to the New York grand jury investigating President Donald Trump. So he's not only favoring and putting his finger on the, on the scales of justice, he's also he's uh, committing crimes. It's, it's against the law to, to hide exculpatory evidence. Finally, Harvard professor emeritus Alan Dershowitz says Manhattan District Attorney Albert Bragg reported efforts to criminally charge President Trump uh, over paying a hush money to an adult film actress is worse than Al Capone, referring to how law enforcement finally got the Chicago businessman alleged gangster behind bars for tax evasion. This is worse than Al Capone because Al Capone's case, at least they got him on a legitimate income tax violation, Dershowitz said about the prosecution of the mobster, sentenced in 1931 to 11 years in prison for not paying taxes. The adult film actress Stormy Daniels was paid $130,000 during Trump's 2016 presidential campaign for an alleged affair years earlier that Trump, by the way, has denied, and he wasn't even aware of the payment of the $130,000. It's so trumped up. <clears throat> uh, well, you know, he's, uh, I think he deserves justice. And even bringing these charges against Trump to simply, well, it's just, put, it's just uh, made for TV stuff for the uh, district attorney's office. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Bob Levy, Chairman Emeritus of the Cato Institute. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. 
Lulubee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulubees.com and stop by Lulubee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulubee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulubee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by internationalhealthplans.com. If you're planning on traveling abroad, most health insurance plans here in the United States don't cover international travel. You want to be able to travel with confidence and know you'll be taken care of if something happens with your health. So make travel worry-free. Visit the website internationalhealthplans.com. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Right now we have with us Bob Levy. He is the chairman emeritus of the Cato Institute. And uh, Bob, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Always a pleasure. Good to be with you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Tell us about the Cato Institute. We are a libertarian think tank headquartered in Washington, D.C. and focused on free markets, private property, securing individual liberty, and limited government, C-A-T-O dot O-R-G on the web. Thank you, Bob. So uh, for the last few weeks, we've been talking about some five, the five key cases, kind of the creme de la creme of uh, the Supreme Court is covering this. The last one is affirmative action. Let's discuss the big affirmative action case at Harvard versus UNC. What's up? Well, students for fair admissions versus Harvard is consolidated with a similar case involving UNC. Hmm. So the issue is whether to overrule a prior case called Grutter v. Bollinger. That was a 2003 case that allowed the University of Michigan Law School to use race as a an admissions criterion in order to achieve a diverse student body. The plaintiffs in the Harvard and UNC case argue that those colleges have discriminated against Asians and in favor of African-Americans and Hispanic admittees. Uh, UNC is, as you know, a public university, so it's bound by the Equal Protection Clause of the Constitution. Harvard is a private entity, but receives federal funding, and so it's covered by Title VI of the Civil Rights Act, 
which essentially is a mirror image uh, of the Equal Protection Clause. So what are the Supreme Court's guideposts in uh, racial discrimination cases? When examining programs that discriminate by race, the court applies so-called strict scrutiny. It's it's a two-part test. To be approved, the Affirmative Action Program has to be designed to advance what's called a compelling state interest. And the second part of the test is it must be narrowly tailored, and that is the program doesn't sweep more broadly than it has to, and the same ends couldn't have been reached without using racial preferences. So it's a two-part test, again, called strict scrutiny. So how did the uh, Grutter case affect uh, that test? Well, after the Grutter case in Michigan, admissions programs that were intended to promote racial diversity were deemed automatically to satisfy the first part of the test. Uh, In other words, diversity was defined by by Grutter as a compelling state interest. So if you said your program was for diversity, that's as far as you had to go. You met the compelling state interest test. And that meant that your program only had to meet the second part of the test, namely that it's narrowly tailored. In Grutter, University of Michigan, the program there passed. But in the Harvard and UNC cases, the court may determine that the programs were either not narrowly tailored because the schools could have met these diversity goals using race-neutral admissions policies, or alternatively, the court might go even further and actually overrule Grutter and decide that diversity is not a compelling interest. Uh, that's where some of the opponents of affirmative action would like to see the court go, to write a broad opinion, overturn Grutter, and declare diversity is no longer a compelling interest. Well, from your lips to God's ear, that's exactly what I'd like to see. What's your view about benefits of diversity? Well, you know, I've expressed a number of reservations, and so have others, about the alleged benefits of diversity. The first and most obvious is that if diversity is a compelling governmental interest, how about diversity by measures other than race? Mm -hmm. You know, what about religion or nationality or socioeconomic status or geography? And, And most important, what about viewpoint, ideology? You know, according to a recent poll at Harvard, uh, the the class that just entered graduating in 2025 is 72.4% liberal and 8.6% uh, conservative. And I suspect that the faculty at Harvard has uh, similar leanings, and Harvard is typical of many of the colleges and universities in that regard. I would suggest another uh, <laughs> a qualification would be being qualified for the job itself. We don't have enough of that going on. So, Indeed. So what's the, the court, uh, will the court get rid of affirmative action, do you think? Well, my <laughs> prediction is that the Roberts Court is surely, they're going to allow some race-conscious remedies. Mm-hmm. But things like, you know, provide more funds for selected inner-city schools that uh, have been uh, denied adequate budget. Um, and they may have outreach programs to let minority communities know what benefits are available, financial benefits and other benefits uh, at the schools. And they may have income-based scholarships that are not race-based, but income-based. 
but the court, I don't think, is going to allow classifying persons by race and then extending those persons' benefits merely because they fall within the favored group. So there, these racial classifications to achieve diversity without a showing of either actual or potential individualized discrimination, I don't think the court is going to permit. And, of course, in my view, and I think yours as well, that's what the Constitution demands. It's that kind of race neutrality, not affirmative action. Equal opportunity for all. That's exactly what I'd like to see. And, hey, if we end up with half of Harvard being uh, students from Japan or Asia, so be it. <laughs> we just want the very best students to be there. And uh, you know, never mind about pilots uh, being diverse. Let's just have the best pilots available to uh, fly our planes. This whole thing is just, I think it's a, it's a setback for uh, for uh, the Constitution, this affirmative action. It's just, a, it's a bridge too far. And the programs have been counterproductive. I mean, what actually happens is it either these elite universities lower their standards to accommodate less qualified students, or they end up, if they don't lower their standards, they end up failing uh, many of the less qualified students. And, of course, that does the university no good, and it certainly does the students no good. Absolutely. Bob Levy, again, Chairman Emeritus of the Cato Institute. I encourage you to visit the very robust website, cato.org, cato.org. Bob, terrific interview. I really appreciate your time here on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, Bob. Good to be with you. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, <clears throat> we're going to visit with, I'm sorry, I have. I think this must still be the rib tide, so uh, I'm dealing with, but in any event, <clears throat> we're going to have Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz on the show. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with the Hodges University Wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the Wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. 
to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. You can visit the website to find out more and get tickets by visiting gulfshoreplayhouse.org, gulfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Andy, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good to be with you, Bob. Thank you, Andy. So uh, usually we start on our Wednesday interviews, which I really enjoy, on uh, good news. Do you have any good news for us? Well, I think I have some that can be construed that way, Bob. Uh, there's a piece of good news that I was surprised to read about. I think it's it's really good news, actually, and uh, probably something most people are not aware of. <clears throat> Excuse me. In the past 30 years, Bob, there has been a 14% increase in the Earth's green vegetation. Now, what does that mean? It means the deserts are getting smaller, the forests are getting lusher. One estimate has it that the amount of new green earth that's been created in the last 30 years is equivalent to adding a new continent of green vegetation that is twice the size of mainland United States. The majority of that they attribute to the somewhat limited but important increase in carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. You know what? That's exactly what there is a direct correlation between the amount of carbon dioxide, which, by the way, is a trace element, and the the flush greenness of the earth. That is a remarkable story. I've had no clue that that's the case, but I'm so I mean, pleased. That, to... That's that's a massive a massive <clears throat> amount of green vegetation increased, and of course, it's not even alluded to. We know historically that every period of uh, of increased warming has always aligned itself with increased. Uh, uh, eras of, of human progress, Bob. So yeah. I, I think that we may be looking at another one of those. The United Nations, of course, has uh, recently said that there'll be a critical warming threshold that will hit. <clears throat> excuse me, my voice is a little bit hoarse this morning. Well, it'll hit a critical warming threshold by 2030. And the only answer they give uh, will be and, and has been renewables. So what they're saying is that unless we go to an entire shift to renewables worldwide, investing trillions of dollars. And by the way, most of those renewables, the way we're currently configured, will be coming from China. But the U.N.'s answer is uh, that by 2030, we will be in an unreversible process of global warming, and we must shift immediately to renewables. I mean, these are just... uh, even if doable, they are not things that, that are uh, significant in terms of their implication, Bob. Well, just, just think of it. If we lower the carbon dioxide emissions in the, in, in the globe, we're actually going to reduce the flushness and the greenness of the globe. Well, there's no doubt that that's true. And I guess a, a, a person who was committed to the, uh, the climate warming hoax, as I see it, uh, will suggest, well, yes, that only indicates the amount of carbon dioxide that's being pumped into the, uh, into the atmosphere anthropomorphically. So I, I think that would be their rebuttal. On the other hand, uh, there is no measurable downside uh, to the current global warming, uh, and all we're seeing, as I'm indicating and you're supporting, is a tremendous increase in the lushness of the Earth at, uh, as it stands right now. Absolutely. Andy, that is really good news. Any other good news? Uh, sort of a uh, inference from a comment made by a recent Dennis Prager, Prager column, and I, 
I, I think it's worth noting because I think it's an important statement. I think it's good news in what it what it suggests. Uh, Prager said that conservatives do not have to agree on everything. They only have to agree on fighting the left. This is a point that I, I've been making for, uh, I, would, I would judge, for many years at this point, Bob, that uh, yeah, we'll have differences. For example, there are, there are GOP differences, conservative differences on Ukraine, and whether or not to support Trump. And Those are differences. We can disagree with each other on those things. And Prager certainly acknowledges that. But he says the only thing of significance that we have to agree on is fighting the left. And that is something that I think yeah, I totally agree with. And I think if it is uh, a uh, piece of information that is accepted, I, I think we can seriously begin to do some uh, some reclamation of America, Bob. I think that's a great point. I, uh, absolutely. And by the way, if we're disagreeing, that means that, that we're thinking. <clears throat> and that's a good thing. We refine ideas by debate and so forth. That doesn't happen on the left. They agree on just about everything. However, they are the enemy. We need to absolutely stomp out their ideas and we need to uh, maintain and, and, and support the Constitution and the rule of law. I would say if we do not stop the left in their uh, constant uh, assault on this country, its Constitution, its, its rule by law, that nothing else will matter. So uh, to get deeply involved with the other issues as if they are primary uh, is not appropriate. Those are secondary issues, whether we're talking about Ukraine or even Trump. Right. Uh, but what... And by the way, I would align Trump with stopping the left. So let me presume I'm not doing that at this moment. The only thing that matters is stopping the left. If we do that, then we can settle our our uh, internecine battles beyond that. But that has to be done, Bob. Absolutely, Andy. Well, I'm really looking forward to getting your points of view on what's happening here with Alvin Bragg and oh, his overreach of uh, of judicial power and uh, trying to indict uh, President Donald Trump. What are your thoughts? Well, he wasn't arrested yesterday. He wasn't indicted. No. Or arrested yesterday. The general indication is that uh, it probably will happen. Uh, probably will happen today. Uh, if we're looking at this, I, I hear some of the uh, the never Trumpers that are presenting it this way. The, the amazing way they can construe these things into things that are uh, in some way negative about Trump. What they're saying is that the left wants to indict and arrest Trump to make him stronger in the primaries so that he gets the nomination so that the, that he can be beaten in the 2024 presidential uh, uh, race. Uh, so their, their whole process is this uh, amazing alignment of forces that would suggest they'll arrest Trump to make him stronger so that he can be beaten in 2024. This is a typical position I'm hearing from all too many never-Trumpers on, uh, uh, on the right. Uh, just, just absolutely absurd. In terms of Bragg, I think we, uh, we can look at Bragg. We've already heard uh, ad infinitum uh, the unconstitutionality of it, the fact that the federal government has not in any way reacted to the, to the Stormy Daniels situation. We can also see that uh, Bragg's predecessor in office, Cyrus Vance, certainly not a Trump supporter by any means, refused uh, to hear or indict uh, Trump on the Stormy Daniels issue. Uh, he, uh, Cyrus Vance, on the other hand, had many sitting cases of, for the prosecution of crimes of violence. What did Bragg do when he came into office? The only Vance case 
that he that they went forward with was one that Vance said he wasn't going to do, and that was the uh, the indictment and then arrest of, of Donald Trump. Bragg rejected and 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 uh, turned his back on all of the other cases pending for crimes of violence. This is a a man who has dedicated himself as a Soros-funded candidate for office has dedicated himself to the destruction of, of Donald Trump. So uh, we have to see how this plays out. I I think there's the implication. I, I wrote an essay on this, Bob, that the arrest of this man, Donald Trump, uh, would be such an, uh, an affront to this country and its values that it could represent the last nail in our coffin, Bob. So I, I don't want to get overly dramatic with it, but I think that this is an event that is so significant in its potential that it must be seen as being of that significance, Bob. However, I think the American people see right through what's going on right now. I think it's only going to enhance uh, the popularity and the uh, the influence of President Donald Trump in, in the next election. So uh, in, a, in a way, they're actually serving his purpose. Well, his ratings have gone up considerably since this whole process is uh, churned out of Bragg's office. So there's uh, every reason to believe that's true. Um, I was not thrilled with DeSantis, first of all, uh, refusing to comment on the pending indictment of Trump. And then he finally did make some comments in which he did very little more than uh, than reinforce the the origin of the story being the the Stormy Daniels payoff. So I was not I was not pleased with DeSantis in this area, but uh, it's probably one of the few times I really have, have found myself uh, rejecting the the public position of of Ron DeSantis. But uh, we'll we'll see how this plays out. Uh, today is supposed to be the day, if we can judge by the Daily Mail's reporting on this, um, and we'll we'll see what happens. I'm. Uh, I, I hope it doesn't happen. I'm not suggesting there's anything that I would pursue as a value. And, of course, again, many, many uh, Republicans are, are saying we should not protest. And I, I understand their logic, which is that the, the left will populate those protest crowds with, with their own people and stir up trouble and create violence, with, and they'll have MAGA hats on. Uh, but on the other hand, I, I think there has to be a public recognition of the of their outrage. And I would also add, even if there is no uh, turnout of a conservative or Republican crowd in protest, there's certainly no no doubt that the Democrats could manufacture those on their own. So I think it's a faulty premise to suggest that we should not protest because that'll be turned against us, because the Democrats certainly can do that without us. Very interesting. Andy, we're going to need to take a, a little break. Can you stick around? I'll be here, Bob. All right, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. 
Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Uh, it's brought to you in part by Choice Social. It's a new refreshing social networking platform, and I hope you check out choicesocial.us. We have with us Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Again, Andy, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good to be here, Bob. Thank you, Andy. So, uh We've got so much to talk about, and I think most people are aware of what's going on with Trump and have formulated their thoughts and beliefs about that. So let's talk a little bit about what what's the next topic you'd like to discuss. Yeah, I think the, the Bragg-Trump situation is, is going to be built around hypotheticals, and I think we're too close to reality to, to delve too deeply into those things. We have to wait to see what happens, and that's, that, that's your point, and I agree with that. Uh, I would like to point out that um, Biden just ex- issued executive order, who actually was issued a, a, a while back, executive order 14019. Um, the public may not be aware of it. Maybe they are. But what it does, it instructs federal agencies, most of which are totally unrelated to the election administration, to collaborate with external private groups to promote voter registration and voter participation. So what Biden is doing is, I'm going to verbalize it this way, he's weaponizing the federal agencies to become deeply immersed in the in the voter registration and particip- participation process. Uh, he is short on details as to what this represents, but I think the implications, especially after 2020, and especially with the projections uh, into 2024 about uh, illegalities and manipulations of the election, even if if legal, but manipulations. I think this is a very ominous uh, process. Uh, in my estimation, Bob, one of the uh, values of the old voting system, which was a fair system where you would vote on one day, let's say I even agree to extend it to a week. But one of the values of that, Bob, it was a self-filtering process for quality. Yeah. In other words, anyone who wasn't interested in voting didn't vote. Anybody who didn't care about it or didn't understand the process didn't vote. So what is happening now is this this pressure for everyone to vote, now being assisted by the federal agencies, will bring everyone to the voting booth. It sounds good on the surface, but again, it is undoing one of the quality aspects of the old system in which people that wanted to vote 
who cared about voting, who knew something about the candidates would show up. Those that didn't, didn't. So this is undoing that process. And by the way, as I indicated before, we don't even know the details of this executive order as it will be actually implemented, Bob. Well, this executive order, I believe it's well over a year old, maybe two years old, close to two it, years it old. It might be that old, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, they've already attempted to do this. Now, the, the again, this is weaponizing federal agencies. Most of the people in Washington, D.C. and the surrounding areas are on the left. I mean, they, are, they vote Democrats. So, in a way, it's simply uh, uh, putting f- boots on the ground. Uh, left boots on the ground and making these agencies uh, trying to get people to get out and vote for their for their candidates. Uh, this is just another way, you know, opening the borders, uh, using the <laughs> using the vaccines to. Uh, I'm going to call the uh, white population. I mean, in my mind, this is just another attempt for the Democrat Party to try and take over. I think there's no doubt about that implication existing, Bob. If we look at the uh, incredible level of funding that almost all of these federal agencies have, uh, and we can certainly make the case that most of these agencies, if not all of them, certainly lean to the political left. There's no doubt about that. Uh, This may include the FBI. We don't even know exactly the specifics of this thing. So I think with the funding they have available and the, uh, the legal pressure that they can exert through some of their agencies, I think, again, as I indicated, this is an ominous potential. You're right. This has been on the books for a while. But I think now we're going to begin to see it going into 2024 huh. be activated for the first time, Bob. Uh, so interesting. Well, that's a depressing thought, Andy. Uh, we've got so much more to talk I about. I need to do that to you, Bob. No, actually, you wrote a column. Uh, I read it this morning. Really interesting. Uh, about, uh, let me see, what, what was the topic? Uh, it was about uh, uh, propaganda and the Chinese, uh, China, uh, China's a success and our failure. Maybe you can tell us about it. Well, I, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I had been reading a story that uh, South Africa is involved, or perhaps going to be involved with uh, military maneuvers with China and with Russia. Uh, there is an implication that either China or Russia uh, may be opening up uh, naval or air bases in South Africa. And, of course, you know, we have spent billions of dollars in South Africa. We have supported the, the government's emergence from apartheid, from Nelson Mandela forward. And yet, it seems that at this point, South Africa is not our friend. Uh, I attribute this to two things, Bob. First of all, the way we offer our aid. For example, our aid to South Africa was in the form of subsidization of electric cars and green energy. Here we have a nation that is on the verge of energy collapse, political collapse, uh, by every measurement, total economic collapse, and we offer our aid with restrictions, uh, focusing it on electric cars and green energy. That's not what China does. China uh, goes in and they... Uh, offer essentially a blank check to the to the nation that that they're supporting. No restrictions. I'm not suggesting that's a good thing. Of course, what I am suggesting that it's effective, and it certainly it is effective in Africa. I highlighted this story with a uh, a movie that I saw, which is called uh, Wolf Warriors. It is a story about the the. Um, the People's Liberation Army of China and their military actions protecting the people of Africa. 
Now, the point I make in this, this is, a, this is the most, the, the largest, grossest Chinese movie in history. It has had a equally, not percentage-wise, not as large as the Chinese market, of course, but its percentage of the people in Africa. This is the largest viewed movie, a movie in the history of Africa. And what it shows is the Chinese people, the Chinese embassy, the Chinese navy, supporting the, the, the African people and their, their pursuit of, of, of freedom and independence. The enemies in this movie, of course, are white Europeans. And this is emphasized time and time and time again. The Americans in this movie, their embassy is closed. They have no, no ability to support the African nation that's being challenged. Our Navy sails out uh, to, at, the, at the moment of conflict uh, to, uh, to essentially, uh, as it's suggested in the movie, avoid being involved, but not the Chinese. The Chinese stay involved, and they help this nation gain independence. Our movies, uh, our, our propaganda movies, if I might call them, such as Top Gun, feature a storyline that is essentially America's a great nation and Americans are a great and brave people. Nothing wrong with that. The Chinese movies do the same thing, but they carry their movies always that step forward to aligning themselves with the people of a continent, a nation, a city, uh, and in fact, it makes it clear to these people that China is their friend. We've also recently seen the ch Chinese success in, in helping to resolve the Iran-Saudi conflict. So China is emerging as this, uh, this peace uh, coordinator. They're emerging as the friend of these countries in need, and the United States is slipping away in terms of its uh, ability to meaningfully affect the outcomes in many parts of the world, Bob. That is such an interesting observation, Andy. I mean, it's really, really important and how effectively, of course, they, they control the movies and the content and so forth. But uh, nevertheless, I mean, it's, it's so important to understand that they are gaining influence because of propaganda. And <clears throat> we're actually uh, in, the, in the dark ages when it comes to that. Andy, we need to take a break. Can you stick around? I'll be here. All right, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue 
Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I just want to bring to your attention the Optima Foundation is in, uh, presenting its inaugural Education Freedom Gala. It's an evening with Greg Gutfeld. This is this Sunday, March the 26th at the Ritz-Carlton Naples Tiburon. It's going to be a terrific evening. It's going to include a cocktail reception at 6 and dinner and a program. The program, of course, is late night king and champion for school choice, Greg Gutfeld. Uh, this is going to be a wonderful year. Also, Congressman Byron Donalds will be there as well. This is a terrific organization. It raises money to help start charter schools and uh, just doing a terrific fair. Full disclosure, I'm on the board. Very proud of it. So I hope you'll go to Optima.Foundation. Optima.Foundation. Just go to the pull-down tab, Events, and you can find out more. Again, the wonderful Freedom Edu- uh, uh, Education Freedom Gala this Sunday evening. We continue the conversation with Andrew Joppa, professor of, uh, and uh, author of Josephus of Oz. Again, Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Always good to be here, Bob. Thank you, Andy. Uh, any other comments about the... the I just uh, wanted to uh, finish up that story about China and its propaganda approaches to um, <clears throat> winning hearts and minds around the world, <clears throat> and they didn't so very successfully, by the way, is it's another version of asymmetric warfare. We've talked about this before, that since the latter part of the 90s, China has been, the, has been committed not to battlefield war, which they're, uh, they would not be reluctant if that was the only thing possible, but they see many things in it as intermediary steps. I'm not going to make a proven case, but I will suggest it is of a type. For example, the Wuhan lab leak may have been asymmetric warfare. I'm not documenting that, obviously, but that would be an example of asymmetric warfare. Mm-hmm. Another version would be this propaganda campaign worldwide against the West and in favor of China. That is a variation of asymmetric warfare. It's also suggested that Xi, the premier of China, may have actually stimulated the Ukraine war as a way of weakening the United States and its and its military potentials uh, as a basis for their eventual attack on Taiwan. Uh, so these are variations of China Chinese commitment or what may be Chinese commitment to asymmetric warfare, war by other for, in other forms, Bob. Great observation, Andy. Thank you for that. So uh, we haven't talked about Zelensky and uh, what's happening in Ukraine. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean... I, as you know, I, I at this point, uh, I, 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 I am disgusted by the, the loss of life, Ukrainian and Russian. Um, I think it has to be ended. This is also being suggested in the, in the recent meeting between Xi and Putin. 
that effectively there has to be a negotiated war. If I'm to believe the writings of Spengler, who is uh, a Goldman writing for Asia, the Asian Times, who is one of the most well-informed uh, reporter, reporter commentators in the world, uh, he basically suggests that the West is totally ignoring that the Donbass region of, of Ukraine is almost entirely in the control of Russia at this point. And if it becomes totally in the control of Russia, it will be impossible to dislodge them from that uh, territory, which is in fact dominated by, uh, by a large segment of it being a Russian population. Uh, many uh, in the uh, interactions between Putin and Xi, uh, the, it has come up the potential for a plebiscite could be used, a, a vote of the people to see uh, where they want to be located. Now, mm-hmm. uh, there has to be some answer to this. And if, if Goldman is right, and that Donbass is fully, nearly fully in the control of Russia, and if, in fact, as we've heard, the, uh, the armament supplies of the West are nearly depleted, then I think there has to be some movement towards this. At this point, Zelensky, of course, is provoking more war. He doesn't want peace. There's not even a hint that he wants peace. His basic last comment that I'm aware of, he says, if you don't help defeat us here, you will have to defeat them elsewhere, which I think is patent nonsense. And it's a provocative uh, comment to stimulate further aid from the West, which is totally uh, undocumented in where it is going at this point, Bob. Absolutely. We we have no interest in what's happening over there. And uh, <clears throat> the, 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 it's the neocons and all the people that are rattling, saber-rattling and trying to uh, escalate the situation. It's, it's We need to have people who are going to sit back and think these are lives that are being lost, an unfortunate cost of a, of a war that shouldn't even exist. I mean, there's a, there's a long history on this planet of, of wars being settled in, by other means. Uh, sometimes a nation gives up a little to gain security. And there are a, a variety of mechanisms where wars can be settled without this carnage, without this level of death, which at this point has no predictable endpoint, Bob. We're looking at an open-ended situation that Zelensky is provoking, and all too many... Uh, on the right in this country, uh, seem to have no problem at all with with having this endless conflict go on. Uh, if this extends itself into uh, F-16s being supplied, which is not on the table this moment, but is being suggested, and those F-16s enter into a conflict in Russia itself, then I, I don't know what the destination is of this whole process, Bob. Unbelievable. Again, Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Andy, I just genuinely appreciate uh, your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining I us. I apologize for my voice today. <laughs> and mine as well. Thank you so much, Andy. Talk. All right, well, uh, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. 
You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now I'll play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Times they're changing and trends in funeral services are no exception. The traditional, somber, formal affair marking one's passing is transitioning into a celebratory event where family and friends can gather more casually in a relaxed setting that incorporates the comforts of home. Each of us is unique. We're all made up of little details that makes us different and irreplaceable. At Hodges Funeral Home at Naples Memorial Gardens, there are many details that set them apart, differences you'll find nowhere else. Hodges Funeral Home at Memorial Gardens offers flexible chapel and event space, a modern funeral home, a celebration of life center, cremation options, and a 100% service guarantee. Call Hodges Funeral Home at Naples Memorial Gardens at 239-597-3101. That's 239-597-3101. Or visit the website dignitymemorial.com. That's www.dignitymemorial.com. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us on the show. It's a wrap here on today's show. Tomorrow we're going to visit with Pastor Rick Stevens. He's a co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Michael Cannon, Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Seton Motley, the President of Less Government and former Mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, will be joining us as well. I hope you have make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. <laughs> so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.